what's really good with you guys. I'm Johan Francis CSCS, and this right here is my show, Ego Killer. Welcome back to another episode where we do nothing if trying to peel back another layer of the human condition, remembering to foster likes in each other rather than differences. Because the differences might seem glaring and obvious, but they matter so little when there's so much we have in common with one another. Getting in that place means that you live differently, you move differently, you act, talk, and treat others differently, you treat yourself differently. Because there is no ego standing in the way of progress inside of your life. Now, the thing about ego is everybody has one. Some of us, it plays a really huge starring role. And others, it's a supporting background role. Nonetheless, we all get to a place in life, if you're trying to achieve something, where the ego is either going to stop you or it's going to help you. Every time we do one of these episodes, the goal is to identify whether that ego is hurting you and get past it with the quicks, all right? It's called ego dissolution. It's called ego dissolution, melting away of the ego. Now, what happens when you melt away the ego inside of yourself? You are left with something, all right? We all can go back right now to 10th grade science. We recall a law of thermodynamics that says, yo, energy's got to go somewhere. You can't really destroy it. And so when energy changes phases from like a liquid to a gas, it's still there. Well, when your ego melts away, you're left with something. And what you are left with is this fearlessness. I need you guys to get there. So today we're going to talk about mastering that fear, mastering all fears, with melting away the ego all right this is possible for you to do it is nay necessary for you to get with the program because you don't even know how good it feels to move with fearlessness now fear is there for a reason okay but when the ego will throw that fear up like some kind of shield preventing you from actually moving forward We realize that, yeah, fear is like a part of everybody's life, but it's totally unnecessary. All right, so we're going to talk about that. You didn't even know that behind all of those little barriers and avoidances that you've built up inside your daily life just to make it to the end of the week, just so that you could feel like you're sleeping better at night, you didn't know that all of that built up junk, right? All of that contamination of the mental, emotional well was fear. And that it is inhibitory, is directly counter to personal growth. And so mastering the art, the art of fear mastery isn't like eliminating fear. Because that's never going to happen. There's something within our genome that makes us, like, warns us about danger. No, 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 no. Instead, we learn to identify what it is, calculate whether it's preventing us from moving forward, and then getting past it. So what we need to do is grapple with our fear, all right? We need to figure out what it is. Now, the only reason that I feel like this is a universal type thing, so why do we want to talk about this, is because all the barriers that I've seen you guys mount up over your many, many years have everything to do with just getting past the sticking point, which mostly is fear-related. And 
I can honestly say that some of the most dedicated hardcore fighter types that I've been around in my entire life, they're really good at moving past normal sticking points and points of fear in their daily lives. And what I've noticed is when you get really good at it, when you get really good at mastering, harnessing, moving past fear, learning what your personal and physical limits are, when you're inside the gym, testing them things out, moving outside with the knowledge that you're taking calculated risks, but you're taking risks, with the knowledge that no matter how tired or fatigued you get, you can still persevere and move forward, knowledge that if you start adding in new movement patterns, getting into a flow state, picking up new skills, right, within the confines of the gym and outside, that you're moving closer to a more resilient spirit. Taking the time when you're actively moving in your day to meditate and to think about what it is that you need to get done. That's conquering phobias. So we need to understand that. All of that is going to be our martial art. All of that is going to be us melting it away and leaving nothing more than a resilient flesh vessel, right? A steward, a paladin, if you will, that moves with confidence and all that, all right? But first, we have to explore a little bit, all right? Because here's the thing about fear. Fear is a beast. Fear is a bitch. And what it does is actually throws itself up at the most inopportune time, right? All of a sudden, you're moving along. You're struggling with an anxiety, a crippling one, if you will, that goes digs deep from behind your eyeballs down to your toenails and you are stuck either you're stuck for a moment right you're freaking out or you're actually stuck for a few weeks as this fear starts to be way less way more disembodied and way more you know hardwired into your behavior patterns and it starts to have a longitudinal effect on your life that's what you don't want I mean, you don't want any of it, but that's what you don't want is where it's like analysis by paralysis, right? You're not able to make that move in your life. You're not able to express yourself to the person that you care about the most. You're, you, you're unwilling to take steps forward, go back to school. You're unwilling to see yourself along the, the long slogging journey of weight loss because you're stuck. You're fearful of what's on the other side. So in order for us to fucking figure that out, we have to sit here and figure out what it looks like like what is that fear it's avoidance you're afraid to go through with the project with the program that's that's cool like you could be afraid to go through with a daunting eating meal plan right maybe you set yourself up for competition you're doing one of these obstacle course races and it's in the back of your mind right steady in the back of your mind got brain worms Sitting in the back of your mind, you scared about it, you've been thinking about it before you go to bed, it's living rent free in your mind, right, months away, still fucking worried about it. All of that has to do with a type of temporal fear, and that's okay, right, that's, that's you know, it's somewhat natural, right, so that's, that's, that's fine that we have that. But then when you get into a mode of avoidance, that becomes kind of hardwiring and reinforcement, of whatever you might be afraid of. Like take for example. Like you sign up for a race. You and some friends. You sign up for one of these obstacle course races. You're trying to go run that race right there. And get a piece of the medal right. You know you're going to be chin deep in mud. You got to go out. 
uh, slog uphill. You're going to be climbing, you know, rope climbing like you're one of the uh, SEAL Team 7 or something like that, right? You got one of these races. Well, instead of actually training, what happens is, oh, shit. I remember I have a work, I have a work thing every Tuesday that's going to force me from actually training for this thing. And so you just scrap it. How many times have you guys done that before? Let me know in the comments if you've ever been in a situation where all of a sudden you found yourself working double time to try and avoid something. Avoidance is one of the ways that we can see that fear manifest itself. Okay? On a daily life. Refusing to express yourself altogether in certain moments. Refusing to. Making the conscious decision not to is a sign of this tense angst that's really gotten the better of you, right? Not really opening up your mind to learning new things, failing to take regular types of advice. These are all like, you know what I mean? Like the writing, I have a picture and I was in San Francisco a long time ago and in the picture, I'm sitting down, I'm actually smoking a cigarette and someone took a picture of me um, in front of the wall and on the wall, it, the words were written, listen to this wall. And I have a picture of just me sitting in front of this damn wall that says, listen to this wall. And then I got the picture back. And like it wasn't until months later that I actually get it. All right. The writing, the writing, listen to this wall because the writing's on the wall. So I, that's a meta example of. Just look around, observe the signposts, and when we can see in our life that maybe we're avoiding, maybe we're failing to express ourselves correctly, maybe we're actually inside of a pattern, a holding pattern, you know what I mean? Like you're the blue angels and you're just kind of going around in circles, circles, something, right? You're, you're, you're in a holding pattern. You're, 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 you're hurrying up to wait generally in life. Maybe this comes out or the signposts, the writing on the wall is extreme boredom. Because you're refusing to take the step forward. All of these are ways that I've seen over the years that you've manifested yourself. The ego has done its best to keep you right where it wants you. In that hot seat, just too afraid to make a move, and it's grilling your butt. That's a shameful place to be. I hate seeing you when you guys are there. Alright, so how do we get it how do we get you past that place? Because we remember what the ego's supposed to do. Ego fronts like the ego's protecting you. Our egos act like protectors. We elicit the ego. Right? Some of you grew up with big brothers. I had cousins. When you got into some funk, right? you go back and you call them. Hey, this person just messed with me. And the next time, maybe they didn't even have to put hands on this particular bully. But just their presence. Now the bully sees you and knows you have backup. Maybe they back off a little bit, right? It's kind of like that. You actually call up your ego when you're afraid and say, hey, represent me in these next following proceedings as I try to move forward with personal development. Ego's a protector. Ego's a barrier, right? So the ego is a protective mechanism, shielding you from discomfort and fear, keeping you super duper safe. And that, my friends, is how what happens paradoxically, the ego now becomes the resting place for your fear. For the avoidance, right? For the avoidance, for the for the hurry up and wait, all right? For the failing to express yourself. All of these things start to happen. So what do we do? We got to melt, you know? Dun, 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 and melt with you. I don't even know the words to that 80s 
super duper 80s like mainstream song. But I got to melt with you. All right. That ego's got to melt away. It's got to melt away like a like a like a like a second grader jammed inside of his or her freezer a G.I. Joe in a block of ice. And you got to get that thing out. You got to melt and the ego's the ice. You got to melt away and let your inner G.I. Joe move. How do we melt away? All right. And what and what is so exciting and sexy and useful about the dissolution of the ego, about the melting away, melting away of the ego? What is so beautiful about it? Let me tell you. Let me th- Jim, let me just explain. Moving without that ego. Moving without that ego means that you are empowered. It gives you a sense of connectedness, right? And is the antithesis of doubt. Doubt piles up. Most of you in life, most people in these fancy, sophisticated lifestyles in big cities that we lead, we fall into the trap of doubt so easily. I've seen it from you guys so many times. It's right there around the corner like some kind of specter, like some kind of boogeyman doubt. When we get to the point where we melt away the ego, doubt isn't a driving motivator. And in fact, what you oftentimes have feared in your past can actually also be a great motivator. But we have to first figure out what it feels like to melt the ego away. All right. Now, I've joked about it in the past, but we all know what quarterback Aaron Rodgers was doing inside of those dark rooms. He was taking out that psilocybin, right, or whatever else he was, to try to get a altered state of mind so that his ego can melt away. And that is definitely a way that MDMA, psilocybin, and other drugs can be useful in terms of melting away that ego. People take DMT, they take ayahuasca, these things help to dissolve the ego. And what people will often report is that once that ego is gone, they have a very clear vision of who's helping them inside of life. They have a clear vision of who they are supposed to be. They have a clear vision of the identity, right? The true identity of, and that, and the mission assigned to that identity. Well, not even the identity, the spirit, the, the, the whole, the soul, the person, the man, the woman behind the construct of identity, a.k.a. the ego, all right? That is kind of a shortcut <laughs> to get into a place. Like, yo, you guys trying to get, you want to go on this ego-melting journey with me? Yeah, just go in that closet right there and pull out some of these mushrooms and uh, hope you're hungry. <laughs> I have some D12 purple pills for you, right? Not really. Not really. There's another, there's more kind of, I mean, by and large, if you are able to take that kind of a shortcut to do the thing, cool. But there are ways that you can do it that aren't a shortcut, that you really have to like take the long, I like to say it's the long play. The long play. Dissolving the ego is a long play. All right. Dissolving the ego is what you do and it takes a little bit of time. But when you get to the place along your ego killing journey, guess what? Your ego kind of melts away, and you're able to look at the world in a perspective where you 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 learn one thing too that I really want to stress: all your fears are actually rat kinged together. 
your fears, like whatever, if you fear like spiders, you might fear, you know, you might fear like doing overhead cleans and snatches and you are also the same person, like the same person theoretically that I'm talking about, like maybe it's you, you fear snatches, you fear um, pit bulls, you fear um, driving on the freeway, uh, you fear um, public speaking. What you often learn is like 99% of those. Like that's just one rat king for one type of fear. And it's fear itself. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the most dispassionate and unprejudiced terms. It's just fear itself, my brothers and sisters. All those little kind of tessellated fears, they're not really segmented. They're all really a function of one great master mother fear. And once we learn to identify and melt the ego, well, guess what? We learn to identify and, well, we have a better fear response. We confront anxieties and phobias, right? We identify them. We have more resilience, are able to breathe where once, when we were kind of indoctrinated with the idea of societal contaminants and fear, right? And all of those nasty little bits, right? Once we're kind of told, like, yo, you don't... Once we learn, like, I don't have to be afraid of the way that I look, the way that I feel. I've, I've mastered that part of myself. Well, you also start to unlearn and unweave... The behavior patterns behind them. And what you're left with is a sense of mindfulness. And that's a beautiful thing. Right? This is often a, an act of empowerment. You are allowed to then remain in control of yourself. You identify with a greater sense of purpose within yourself. Because you're able to let go of the construct of fear that you've lived with, right? Because remember, it was that ego that was always reinforcing all that safety and throwing up all them barriers and stuff like that, right? By mastering that, you advocate for yourself. You're advocating for your community. You're, you're being like, walk it like I walk it. That's what you're kind of advocating for. That's what you're kind of showing those around you. We say it all the time when I begin the, sh the the ego killer shows is that we're here to be stewards for one another. We're here to build upon the pillars of community and tribal connections with each other. That's our job. Our job is to be there for one another and, again, to highlight more of our likes than our differences. And in order to do that, we kind of have to shed the greatest aspects of fear within ourselves, right? I want this for you guys. Melt away. Some of you might have friends that are still, you know, maybe they've chosen alternative lifestyles. You have family members that have chosen alternative lifestyles. You have people in your life that are challenging conventional norms, whether they be gender or body image related or otherwise. Imagine the pressure that comes along with having to live closeted because... The rest of the world has a more myopic understanding of what it is that you're going through. 
based on nothing other than like, yo, that's how I was treated or that's how I was told to be treated. Never really challenged convention themselves, right? Never really been brave enough to do so. Maybe they never had it brought to them, but the minute they are, you know, it's like, uh uh-uh, I'm not working with that. How many of us have people like that in our lives? Gift them, and maybe it's you. The idea, the feeling, the thought of not being held back. Held back by the very myopic ego. Inspiring resilience in those people to be able to express. Right? To express gender fluidity. To express different body image norms. Those things are highly important. We also know that decision making is actually benefited more. Right? You know what I mean? You ever see like recovering addicts and the recovering addicts are always making like the best choices ever? Right? They, they're they like the minute – I always think about people who like before they're recovering – like alcoholics for example. Like a non-recovering alcoholic and then un, someone that's not willing to admit that they might be an alcoholic. Let's say there's a Super Bowl party coming up. Right? The tortured, I'm not willing to admit it, addicted type person. Maybe it's your sister. Maybe you have a homie that's like this. They're always on the fence. Like, I'm trying to go and then I'm trying to leave, but maybe I won't go and I need a ride. And it's always a whole thing, right? They got they got all this bag, ball and chain ideology that they come in with. And then you have a friend, you have a family member that's a recovering addict. They're like, yeah, sure, I'll get there at 3 and I'll leave right before halftime. The decision-making is 10 times more succinct, solid, 100, a buck, because not only have they been to the other side, but you're able to make more proactive, confident choices. Um, Studies suggest this all the time. Confronting fears, letting that ego melt away, leads to those people making better decisions, leaving right after halftime, Right before on the drinks start to flow a little bit more, right? We can be more entrepreneurial. We can be more entrepreneurial when we make career choices that are really um, allocated for that part of us that is more free thinking and less obstructed by bullshit fears that really don't have any place inside an upwardly mobile lifestyle like not in the least i expect you guys to be making moves don't let no grass grow under your feet right if that's the case you guys need to be in a space of free-spirited entrepreneurship or at very least you have all these opportunities with all these apps to express yourself in some way you don't even have to make money on it but there's a level of interconnectedness that we are allowed to live with. I'm not saying just on socials, but I'm just saying abroad. Like, there's so much. Have you noticed that if anything, social media has allowed everybody to give themselves, give you, give all of us uh, their 15 seconds of commercialized introductions? Like, we can all do a 15 second commercial. You can smash on anybody's Instagram. Go ahead and follow me up. You can smash on anyone's Instagram right now and get like a 30 second little like. This is me. This is what I like. And ba-ba-da-ba-da. I think that has been the greatest, like, you know, dimensional shift that social media has given to all of us. That being said, um, the coolest thing that I've learned is that from the University of Cambridge, right? I studied Shakespeare at Cambridge. <laughs> it reveals that 
activities. This is so cool. That induce flow states, right? I think I talked about it in another podcast. My guy, Mihai. Chick Mihai. I can't say his last name. The Hungarian man, Mihai, who invented the idea of a flow state. Which, by the way, if you're inside of training for martial arts, there is nothing greater than finding that flow state. I imagine, too, if you're out here training, you're balling, right? If you're playing some hoop and you find that flow state, there ain't nothing better than that. You know what I mean? I used to play football. Uh, I, I can't really remember finding a flow state like to where because it's such a stop and start type of sport. But I know like in 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 practices or in deliberate, well, literally sports practices and anything requiring a ton of repetition to the point where deliberate practice, the act of repeating and processing and analysis and all that, finding a flow state is like. Just like it's euphoric, it's orgasmic, it feels great. I encourage you guys to do anything in your life where you can find a flow state. Find a flow state. Find a process that makes you feel good. That at the end of the day or the night, you know, you can just like plug and play, right? Turnkey. If it's editing video, that does it for you. If it's, you know, reading foodie food reviews or something like that, or maybe it's creating them, do it. If it's writing for you, you know what I mean? If it's playing a game of chess or Sudoku at the end of the day, like do the thing that gets you into that flow state. Because according to Cambridge, the um, flow states, which by the way are common in physical activity, all kinds of physical activity, temporarily, temporarily dissolve the ego, right? This gives you a sense of... Of how to alleviate anxiety and self-centered fears. I mean, I imagine it's just you don't have time to think about anything else because your brain is just heightened. Because that's what a flow state is. It's a heightened state where everything's on hit. Everything's on hit, right? Your, your, your pupils are tiny. Or they're really huge depending on the sport that you need to master at that point. But you're locked in, right? You're like... When your dog has found the turkey bone that's sitting up on your plate. It found that, that oxtail bone and it wants, it wants to dig in real quick, right? You, 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 you move it around and your dog, he or she is looking at that oxtail bone like, you know, one of those stealth bombers. Locked on, ready to freaking attack. I used to have a pet king snake. And when you put the mouse... It's food, any snake. When you put the mouse, it's the circle of life. Inside that cage, the snake's whole upper body moves a millimeter if that mouse moves a millimeter right or left. Almost instantaneously. I want you guys to be like that. That's a, that, that, snake, that king snake, that python, right? Your, your, your labradoodle, your morky. There's a monkey right here. Um, is in a flow state. It's very easy for those animals to get into more survival-based flow states. But that's what a flow state is. It reduces fears. And it gives you a sense of how to self-regulate those anxieties. Because look, like we said at the beginning, all right, our job here is to melt. Our job here is to melt away the ego. Our job is to reveal what's underneath. 
Not to get to a place where we're fearless, because that'll never happen. An insouciant world will steady turn at the rate that that world wants to turn. Father time, he don't miss, right? He stays undefeated. Your job isn't to try to box. Your job is to try to be happy and stay up, right? And so our goal for the idea of mastering fear, reorganizing the brain around fear, has to do with what we're willing to let go to get there. And even if this is your little silent battle that you have not told nobody about, and it has everything to do with some childhood trauma, because I met a few of you two inside the gym, and your goal your goal at the end of every year, maybe, is to, and this is one way to dissolve the ego and the master fear, immerse yourself closely and teach your brain what to do with the anxious reaction. Even if that's your goal, to put yourself in situations that you thought you were going to be uncomfortable in and fearful in and avoid. If you even thought you were going to be there and you shouldn't be there, you put yourself in that situation so that you could learn. Because this is proof, proven to be something that helps you master fear. If this is your own silent little battle that you got going on, you know, I got your back. I know you got people that got your back because I want all you guys, whether the battle is in front, on front street in front of everybody, or you just walk with it on your back like a burden, something mysterious and hidden inside a knapsack, you know, of, of, of you know, personal strife that you have. Whatever it is, do the thing. Inch closer to it. Put yourself in position to experience what it feels like to react differently. Because whatever you thought consciously, whatever you consciously thought you needed to hold on to, you just might not need it anymore. And you've been holding on for far too long. You're actually way braver than you thought you were. You just got to try. Let me know how it goes in the comments, my friends. And until the next one, stay all the way up. Thanks for listening to Eagle Killer with Johan Francis. Coach Johan CSCS.com. YouTube. At Coach Johan CSCS is where you can find all my workouts and more. Thanks for listening.